Hi, everyone. Welcome to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Absolutely terrible after another horrifying beers loss. But other than that, I am absolutely fantastic. How are you, Bilal? I share your, share your feelings right there. It was, uh, I mean, it's been a few days now since the game has happened. So it's been able to set in and think we've transitioned over to the next week. So it's a week by week situation in this league. So can't hold it. Can't hold it back. I'm glad you have, uh, you've recovered from that trauma, but uh, unfortunately we will have to revisit that (laughs) a little later in the show. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) You sound so excited for it. All right. Why don't we jump into some NFL news real quick? Uh, The Jaguars have fired their GM, Dave Caldwell. He has been with the team since 2013. And uh, he's only given them one winning season. Hey, honestly, that seems like a long time to have survived as the GM of the Jaguars. Just saying. You you would have thought they would have gone through two or three GMs in that time frame. Yeah. um, I mean, this is the guy who, who presided over the the Saxonville defense and uh, put Blake Bortles out there to play quarterback for a team that made it to the AFC championship game. Right. I'm still amazed that that actually happened. Yeah. And it was only against the Patriots that they, they lost. So. Man, it feels so, so weird. (laughs) And so long ago. Yeah. 2017. Um, but you know he he made some okay moves. He he did bring in that Saxonville defense. Of course, he kind of wasted that Saxonville defense with Blake Bortles, and then he signed Nick Foles to a four-year, eighty-eight million dollar contract. Um, <laughs> I see you almost did a spit take there. I'm sorry about that, Bilal. <laughs> yeah, that contract. <laughs> Man, I, w- I wonder who took over that contract. Whoever they were, I don't think they made the, the best decision. Yeah, you know, we also have to thank Dave Caldwell for uh, not being able to sign Allen Robinson, wide receiver, to a second contract and not using the franchise tag on him. So Robinson walked in free agency, and, man, I wonder who signed Allen Robinson. I mean, whoever did, I think they're pretty happy – that they have a top wide receiver playing for their team. And I think he's having a lot of success there though. Yeah, there we go. Uh, in other firing news, Detroit Lions have fired general manager, Bob Quinn and head coach, Matt Patricia. What are your thoughts? I mean, think about it. They went from Jim Caldwell, who was a respectable head coach and they fired him after he won nine games in a season and what is Patricia Patricia at? He's he's probably he's terrible. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing he's around 13, 14 wins in three years that he was there. So you went from a guy who got you nine wins in one year, and I believe they even had a couple of playoff appearances during that time frame as well. So maybe one or two. But still you go from a guy who did decently well, I mean didn't have the best year. But by Detroit standards, you probably <laughs> could have. I mean, who am I to talk? But still, um, 
by the team standards, they didn't have a bad year, 9-7, and they should have kept him, and the guy they brought afterward is not really that good, and now he's gone. Yeah, uh, Matt Patricia's record since taking over the Lions in 2018 is 13-29-1. Oh, so I was close. Yeah, you were, you were pretty much right on it. Um, and Bob Quinn was the GM since 2016, and the Lions were 31-43-1 during that time. So not, a, not the success that you're looking for, especially in the, the NFC North where there's a lot of pretty decent teams. Um, going forward, offensive coordinator Darryl Bevel will be the team's interim head coach, and there's already some, some talk that players are excited about what Darryl Bevel has to offer them. So uh, it'll be interesting for sure. A mid-season firing is never good for a team. Yeah, um, I mean it's usually more like a desperation move, just trying to come up with something. They've basically given up on the season, and they're like, "Let's get a head start on the co- on the head coaching search." Yeah, and hoping they're. It looks like they're hoping to to recreate some of the success that some of the other teams this year have gotten after firing their head coach. I mean, after Bill O'Brien was fired for the Texans, you know, they've had some success with Romeo Cornell and uh, the Falcons after firing Dan Quinn, they've also had some success with wins. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what the Lions can do. Hopefully they don't win this week. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe I'll find success after this week. We'll see. <laughs> that I agree with. All right. Uh, Colts punter Rigoberto Sanchez is going to miss a indefinite amount of time he had surgery on Tuesday for a cancerous tumor uh in his his most recent game with the Colts he was actually taken out of kickoff duties because he said it was a a pain tolerance thing so they had um Blankenship their kicker taking over kickoff duties instead so wishing Roberto Rigoberto Sanchez a uh quick recovery Ryan Allen has been signed to punt in his place uh moving on Wide receiver Josh Gordon has been reinstated, and he can join Seattle Seahawks for their last two games. That's uh, man, it took like a year. It's always been an up and down road for him. I mean, he's been going through a lot, and he he gets better, and then he unfortunately finds himself in a too common place, being suspended again. But. Uh, Hopefully this is it. Hopefully this is the end of that roller coaster, and he's able to. I mean, he's played well when he's played. When he's played, he's played well. So, right. the hard part is that he hasn't played often, that often. I don't think. I don't even remember the last time he played a full season when he wasn't uh, suspended, and it seems too common now that they don't even give him a a standard six or eight game suspension. They just give him the indefinite suspension. I think it's like the second or third time that he's been suspended indefinitely. And it's, I mean, good for him though, that he's getting a chance to come back and let's see if that helps the Seahawks. I mean, he still got, he has to just, you said he uh, can only play for the last two games. Yeah. He's still suspended for three games. Uh, he has to, I believe, pass through the COVID protocols, and he also has to report to the team for meetings and, and practices and such. So 
um, until until Monday, December 21st, following the Week 15 game at Washington for Seattle. He cannot practice, travel with the team, or intend games. So he's only doing team meetings, meetings with coaching staff, and individual workouts in strength and conditioning until then. All right, moving on, we had a little bit of NFL history made this past weekend. Rookie safety Jeremy Chin, who, might I add, happens to be the nephew of Hall of Fame safety Steve Atwater for the Broncos. Jeremy Chin made history against the Vikings. He had defensive touchdowns on back-to-back plays. It was by him, same player, and it was also the fastest scores, which is only 10 seconds of game time. Both of these are firsts in the Super Bowl era. So it's pretty wild, honestly. <laughs> but what happened at the end of that game? <laughs> well, out the part where they lost the game. Yeah. We're, we'll go into that a little bit later, but just a little congratulations for Jeremy. Yeah, Chen. congratulations. Uh, moving on, we have – a little bit of drama brewing in Tampa Bay. In Women's which Bruce... are not drama in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Sorry, Tampa Bay. A lot, of, a lot of personality over there. They, they put Bruce Arians together with Tom Brady, and then they brought in Antonio Brown. It's like, man. <laughs> hey, they tried building an all-star team, which they did, but it's not really paying off as an all-star team should be. All-star team with all-star talent, and it's, it's turning into a drama over there. Bruce Arian said on Tom Brady, quote, he picks all the plays now. Uh, we call what he picks. And it, it kind of feels like he's putting the blame entirely on Brady for the offense not clicking and Brady not connecting on any wide receivers downfield. I mean, the thing that happened in this past game they played on is the Chiefs just – Torch that defense and then just put him behind. <laughs> and I don't know, he had to put in a lot of work. I mean, he is the greatest quarterback to ever play, in my view. And I believe in many other people's viewpoint as well. But it's different when you spend 20 years in one system, you have to come down here. And the thing of Bruce Arians is that he he's not a guy who's going to hold back. He's going to tell it as it is, and he doesn't care. And it's probably one of the best qualities about him, too. Like, you will hear what he has to say on, um, without, any, without any hesitation. So, I think everyone's having a, still having a learning curve there in Tampa. And they're still in a position, though, for a wild card spot. They're not going to win the division because that's the Saints is to win now. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if that team gets in the playoffs, if anything changes. And if they could go on a run, right now they're just trying to battle to get in. When earlier on in the season, it looked like they probably would have gotten in, like as a division winner. But uh, it's the never-ending saga of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> that's a that's a wonderful way to put it. All right, moving on to injuries. Daniel Jones had a little bit of a tweaked hamstring in, in the most recent game. On Sunday, all that running's actually... caught. All that running's caught up to him now. <laughs> yeah, it it has. It's kind of 
kind of tripped him up a little bit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so Daniel Jones went out with a right hamstring strain, and instead, Colt McCoy came in to uh, relieve him in the game. And that's a that's a name that's been in this league for feels like decades. It's almost 10 years, almost. He used to play for the Browns. <laughs> I forgot that he even was around. I forgot he existed. Yeah, last last I heard, honestly, was he was with Washington backing up RG3. <laughs> I think that's where he was. <laughs> that's the last I remember of him. But wow, that's uh... unless he's been bouncing around teams that we haven't heard of. Yeah, that's a that's a real blast from the past, but. Daniel Jones, on Wednesday, he was working off of the field, uh, just stretching and doing individual drills on a side field. He did not officially practice, um, according to the official injury report. So we, Gotta make we might official. see – yeah, we might see Colt McCoy coming in and starting a game. Uh, hey, the Giants are in first place. So <laughs> it's a very delicate situation there right now. Like that I mean – yeah, but they're still in first place, and they're gonna—they win it. They're hosting a playoff game, so that division—it's the whole situation is a delicate piece. So um, they need Daniel Jones out there because Colt McCoy could lose them that very thin lead they're holding. And now that you mention it, there's there's been a lot of quarterback changes in that NFC East. I mean, three. Three of the teams, three of the four teams, are not starting the same quarterback that they started to start the season. I mean, Dak Prescott went out with injury. Um, now Daniel Jones is injured, and originally Alex Smith was was not starting for Washington. So the the only last standing one is Carson Wentz for the Eagles. If that if that offensive line doesn't doesn't keep him protected, he might not be in there for too long so stay stay in there Wentz stay in there uh continuing on with the injury news Steelers linebacker Bud Dupree is out for the season with a torn ACL he was one of the best pass rushers in the league this year he's playing on a franchise tag this is a a contract year for him so that's you hated hated to see people get hurt in contract years I mean yeah in general but like Dak and now Bud Dupree, I mean, these guys are out there to prove himself, and when you're injured, you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, continuing on, Tua Vailoa is questionable for Sunday with a thumb injury, and head coach Brian Flores actually announced that the quarterback will be decided on Sunday. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see two a time or maybe we'll see Fitzmagic. We, we don't know. I was just about to say, there's nothing to worry about there. You had Fitzmagic. Yeah, they have two viable starting quarterbacks. It's, it's cool for them. Most teams are lucky to have one. <laughs> we're, now that we're getting to our, our COVID section of the show, we're about to talk about a team that didn't have one. God. <laughs> Yeah, right. so the um, the Ravens Steelers game was uh, was a complete mess this week, just in terms of scheduling. First, it was supposed to go to Thanksgiving. That would have been a nice game to have watched on Thanksgiving night. Then it gets moved to Sunday afternoon. 
Then there's the debate. Do we put it on a Tuesday? Do we put it on a Wednesday? The players wanted an extra day to practice. So where do we end up? We ended up at a 2.40 p.m. Central Time, Wednesday afternoon football game. The most random time and the most random day. Like a bunch of people just decided, hey, why don't we have a pickup game on a Wednesday afternoon? All right, Trent, here's, here's a quick trivia question. Yeah. When was the last time there was a Wednesday NFL game? Oh, gosh. It happened within the past 10 years. Within the past 10 years, actually? Oh, mm-hmm. man. Um, why don't I take a stab in the dark and say 2000... oh, 2008? It happened week one, 2012, Giants at Giants and the Cowboys. Whoa. There, if I remember correctly, it was going to be the uh, Democratic National Convention was that Thursday, and uh, President Obama was going to give his acceptance speech for the nomination for president. So when, because these conventions are a big TV spectacle, they were going to put a game and speech on the same day, so they moved the game to the day before. So the 2012 NFL season started off on a Wednesday. That is quite surprising and quite wild. Thank you for that trivia fact. <laughs> yeah, so many people on the uh on the Ravens, poor poor Steelers though. I mean they haven't they've had to deal with multiple teams now not getting their COVID situation under control. Mm-hmm. and they've had to pay the price of it. But the Ravens had many people on the COVID list, such as their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, running backs, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, fullback, Patrick Ricard, tight end, Mark Andrews, wide receiver, Willie Sneed. He goes on and on and on. If I was to be here, we'd waste like 10 minutes just naming everyone. But we ran over some of these names last week, and the list just kept adding on and on as the week went by, but we finally got a game. And I mean, it's what you would expect when the team is half your team is decimated that way. <laughs> but, uh, and then we had some more fines set in here because the saints were fined 500,000 and they lost a draft pick. So in, to my recollection, this is the second team now to have lost a, draft pick and this is due to their celebration over that blowout win they had over the Bucks in week nine and they were celebrating in the locker room without masks which guys don't do that I mean I know it's Florida they have no rules down there in terms of this COVID situation but don't do it you're smarter than this and and they were blaming like other teams saying other teams have gone on and celebrated without masks okay if another team did it don't do it They'll get fined at some point. And talking about teams getting fined later on, it's a nice segue here that the Patriots were fined $350,000 when Cam Newton was positive. And he was positive back in October. Yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago, honestly. So it was like just because of the way they handled that whole situation. I mean, they were fine after. They handled it very well to a T after he got positive, but just leading up the factors that led him to be positive led to the fine. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm going to let you take the next piece here with your, <laughs> I mean, you have some history with this team anyway, so. A little bit. Yeah. So the Broncos were not officially fined by the NFL, but the oh, Broncos. Wait for it. They will be. <laughs> oh yeah. They definitely These fines will. are a very delayed reaction. <laughs> Never mind, yeah, I'm, I'm, here's my prediction right here before you yeah. go any further. They're going to be fined and they're going to lose two draft picks. Oh, all right. We'll, uh, we'll follow you gotta up think, on you gotta, you gotta think about it though. It is not just the fact that it hurt the team specifically. Mm-hmm. You texted me this the day before that the, the Broncos have no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But it damages the reputation of the league in as a whole. And the league is so protective of their reputation that um when you have a team that has all the quarterbacks and the quarterback position in general is so prized in football, when you have a team with all its quarterbacks testing positive, it's uh, not positive, but on the COVID list, it's a bad thing. Please continue. Yeah. Um, so the Broncos are attempting to avoid a NFL fine by finding the players themselves first. <laughs> uh, Drew Locke, Brett Rapian, Jeff Driscoll, and Blake Bortles all ended up on the COVID reserve list after Jeff Driscoll tested positive on November 26th, the day before all four quarterbacks had met to watch film and didn't wear masks. And so the team fined all of the players individually for that. As a result, as you, uh, as you mentioned, when I kind of excitedly slash panically <laughs> texted you the day before the game, the Broncos found themselves with no quarterback, <laughs> not on their active roster, not on their practice squad. Nope. They had to look to practice squad wide receiver, Kendo Hinton, who was signed literally a month before. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Usually you have at max three quarterbacks and you only dress two per game to play in the game. Who went all three? Where do you go? People are like, you're going to throw the coach in there? You're going to throw some other receiver in there? I mean, the Broncos wanted to put a coach in there. They tried with, um, I think, two of their offensive assistants who had played some college football or some, some arena football and such in the past, but the NFL denied them both of those. So, And that's because they didn't want – they don't want team. They don't want to start a precedent where teams are going to be putting up these low-level coaching positions, like offensive quality control guy who basically, like, I don't know, prints pages or gets coffee. I don't know. I'm making this up, but he's just a really. You look at the totem pole of coachings. He's at the bottom. So like, hey, we'll claim he's a coach, but we'll put him as a quarterback if we ever need to. So mm-hmm. it just doesn't yeah. work that way, and they don't want to start something that could lead to other teams abusing the system right um and and some broncos fairs and and fans and even some nfl executives were also complaining that the nfl you know some of the other games that the nfl has they would postpone it but for the broncos one they they forced the broncos to play you know without without a quarterback (laughs) um you know it it is what it is oh Adding to that as well, I do want to bring in that Jerry Jones, of course, the owner of the the Dallas Cowboys, said on a radio show after the 
the Broncos game that the Broncos had it no worse than the Cowboys did when they had to start a seventh round quarterback, Ben DiNucci, in week eight against the Eagles. <laughs> and he was bashed on on both sides from this, from from Cowboys fans and from Broncos fans and literally everyone. Read the room, Jerry. Read the room. <laughs> I mean he he compared a an actual NFL quarterback um who was drafted in the seventh round to a undrafted free agent wide receiver who had to play quarterback as an emergency who hasn't thrown a pass since 2018. So it's, it's, man, it's, it's unbelievable. But, um, Kendall Hinton only completed one pass. He threw two interceptions and it, it just, it was rough for him and you, you can't blame him. He didn't even have a practice. He was he was given the game plans, and was had emergency meetings. You know, the night before, they had a walkthrough, and then they said, "All right, have fun. You're starting quarterback." I mean, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime experience, though. Just to, that whole thing, and hopefully, teams are in a better position than. People are saying that from now on, everyone should quarantine one quarterback, no mm-hmm. matter what. So, I mean. Yeah, and the Broncos are doing that now with Blake Bortles. Oh, now they are. Yeah, yeah now they are. <laughs> Closing out with the COVID news. Um, this is actually pretty significant here. The San Francisco 49ers need a new home to play. They're no longer allowed to play in um, Santa Clara County, which they – which is where um, Levi Stadium is located because of the new COVID restrictions implemented by the county. So now they'll be playing in Arizona for week 13 and 14 home games. And, hey, at least the color scheme is the same. (laughs) Just happens to match. Uh, Lucky them. But, you know, it was – I feel like it was only a matter of time before something like this happened. And, you know, they're they're lucky that they had this as as a backup. Hey, they're doing everything they can to save the season in a time where it's it's hard and it's not getting better, which is why we close out the show every time telling people to wear masks because and just socially distant. It's not worth it right now. If you want life to go back to normal, gonna have to give some give something up for some time. So good on the Cardinals for also agreeing to let this happen in the NFL to brokering this whole deal and we don't have to we don't have to uh, forfeit any game. It's good this happened while the Niners weren't on the road this past week. Okay. Moving on to this segment that I have started to slowly question why we even do. But why not? The NFL.com power rankings came out this week, and as you would expect, the uh, the rankings really didn't change at all. Top team is the Chiefs again. Steelers coming at number two, the second week again. The Saints are number three again, but the Packers have moved up one spot. They moved up from the fifth spot to the fourth spot. And the Seahawks actually moved up four spots to the fifth spot. They're probably at number nine. Titans moved up five spots to the sixth 
from number 11. The Bills stayed steady at number seven. The Rams dropped four spots. They moved from the fourth spot down to the eighth. And the Bucks dropped three spots from number six to number nine. The Colts closed out the top ten exactly where they were last week at number ten. Any thoughts on the top, on these top ten, Trenton? It really has stayed the same. Yeah, it's it's all pretty pretty steady up there. Um, you know, these are these are all the pretty much the top teams in the league right now. I find it interesting that the the Ravens aren't in there because they've Ravens have generally been in the top ten for you know, it seems like nearly every week or maybe every other week, but right now they are outside of the top 10 at number 12, and they actually stayed steady, um, perhaps because they didn't have half of their starters on the field against the Steelers. But, um, you know, it's, it's it's pretty good, I think, right now in the top 10. I mean, yeah, for the most part, the only major changes – that have been happening that's, that's happened has been with the Titans moving up into the top 10 and they jumped up five spots, which is significant. And the Seahawks also moving up just four spots, which is, I mean, these are sizable jumps. I mean, going down to the uh, end, the Bears dropped two spots. Now they're at the 28th spot, which, again, I didn't expect anything, <laughs> anything of this. Um, what I'm trying to say is that I expected that to happen. Sorry. And the ending also closed out just like the beginning does with all the teams mainly staying steady. The Jets are 32 for like the 13th week in a row. The Jaguars are 31st. The Bengals are 30th. And the Lions are 29th. So it's mainly just the, as you go on, just go on for the most part. The only main changes that you're seeing are just a few up and downs within the top 10 to 15 teams. So the end yeah. are the same, the beginning, the top five teams are basically the same. So yeah, we'll see, we've but gotten, I don't, I don't see anything happening in the future. We've gotten to the point in that season where there's really not any major moves anymore. Well said. Moving on to some interesting games here, we have the uh, the Vikings and the Panthers, which this, this game... Was, this was wild. <laughs> I used it early on with the, uh, with the defensive touchdowns. But I still don't know how the Vikings pulled off this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when a team scores two touchdowns on, on back-to-back drives and they're defensive touchdowns and they're the first plays to start the second half... Um, and Dalvin Cook fumbles the ball. He he looks injured, and he's out for a while. Going from that to seeing the Vikings in the fourth quarter with Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins bringing the team all the way back, you know, they're only down three points. The defense for the Vikings forces the Panthers to punt just before the two-minute warning. You're like, okay, cool. The The Vikings have a, a decent shot here. You know, it's the two-minute drill. They're only down a field goal. And then, and then punt returner Chad Beebe for the Vikings muffs the punt. And gives, I thought the game was over right then. Yeah, I mean, 
that was that was pretty much game over. The Vikings defense held the Panthers to a field goal, and then her cousins goes along on the the two minute drill to cap off a long drive with a game winning touchdown to guess who? Chad Beebe. Chad redemption. <laughs> Literally the best redemption story that you can ask for. Um, and then the Panthers. Joey Sly misses the 54-yard field goal to end the game, and the Vikings walk away with a one-point victory. That was a bad miss, too. Like he couldn't, he hooked that to win. Yeah, it was, it was rough for sure. But um, man, just, just for the Vikings to be able to pull it, pull off that kind of victory. I mean, I guess it definitely helped that Chad Beebe muffed muffed the punt in the red zone. Was it? within 10 yards so that the Panthers couldn't get a first down. I think it was. And then that's what led them to not be able to run out the clock. They either had to score a touchdown or kick the field goal. So, you know, a little, little luck over there. Moving on. We have the Cardinals and Patriots game, which was, it was at Gillette stadium, I believe. Patriots were underdogs again, which is still so weird to say. Home underdogs. Um, but twenty twenty for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both teams were were pretty close in this game. Uh, the Cardinals did miss the go ahead field goal with under two minutes left when the game was tied. So Cam Newton was able to drive the Patriots down the field and kick the fifty yard game winner. You know, fifty-yard game winner isn't isn't an easy kick, but uh, props to the Patriots for putting up a fight. And uh, Cam Newton became the ver- the first starting quarterback since Week 15, 2016, to win a game with fewer than ten completions, fewer than 10, 100 passing yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions since Brock Osweiler. <laughs> that's a when you when you talk about throwback names, that's a throwback name. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was something. Yeah, uh, but hey, they won the game. I picked them to win. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm sure you are, Bilal. Didn't All you right. pick them too? I thought you picked them as well. Did I pick them or did I pick the Cardinals? I don't remember. While you dig that up, I'm just going to transition here into a game that we've already touched on, basically. The Steelers at the Ravens. This game was affected by the virus. What else can you put it? And it showed. I mean, the Steelers, they came away with a win. But even Mike Tomlin said that they didn't play that well. They, I, th- I believe he called Steelers a, uh, a JV team and how he just expected much better from them. So good thing for them is that they're 11-0 and they're knocking on the door that undefeated season. So, But the Ravens couldn't do anything, and it showed because half their team wasn't playing. Yeah, but still, this game felt – Far closer than it should have been. Yeah. No, I've been holding this off for as long as I can, Trenton. But, uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Get it out of the way, please. Yes. 
I've already halfway transitioned to the next week, but we're recording this so late that we have to revisit the past. Yeah. Um, that game against the Packers was not the game they wanted coming out of the bye. And I think you mentioned when we were covering the bye week that the Bears' record coming out of bye weeks has not been wonderful. I think it's now 0-7 in the past seven years. Yikes. Coming out of the bye week, which you would think would not be the case, but it is. So, Hey, but we got to look at the bright side here. The offense actually moved the ball at the start of the game. It was wonderful. Like that Montgomery run was a beautiful. I thought he was taking all the way, but he got stopped. But still, we were able to move the ball down the field, and Trubisky actually looked decently good. At times, he was able to do what Nick Foles could not do, which was actually move. Things that you'd like to see him do is he takes and he rolls out to the sides. He rolls out to the right, the left. He's able to just buy a certain amount of time, which you just never saw with Nick Foles because the guy's a statue. But uh, again, he turned it over three times, which is the first one. You can excuse that because he tried to um, throw down the field, try to throw deep. Second one, he had Robinson open, so he he just threw it into a threw it into a place he shouldn't have thrown into. Which um, triple coverage wasn't it? Something like that around that. Yeah, either double or tripled. But he had Robinson open in front of him, and he probably should have checked it down down there. The third one. I'm blaming the refs. That's what I'm blaming because they missed a blatant face mask call. I mean, which they missed two of them. Two of them on the same play. Yeah. <laughs> Literally seconds apart. Someone's got to check who's paying the refs. I had a question for you, though. How important is Akeem Hicks to the Chicago Bears defense? He is, he is both – Literally in the center of the defense and figuratively in the center of the defense. <laughs> He's the heart and soul of that defense, and it showed. Because their plays the Packers would not have run. This came up in the broadcast. So their plays the Packers would not have run if we knew that Akeem Hicks was playing. And if he was if he wasn't um which he wasn't there. Sorry. And it showed because they were able to run up and down the field. It seemed like every time Aaron Rodgers got the ball, he would burn off half the quarter and he would score. Yeah. Like, where was, was the, the punter barely showed up? So terrible. I mean, it looked like vintage Aaron Rodgers. Like, he hasn't lost a step at all. And against the Bears defense, which is supposed to be, you know, week in and week out, they play lights out. In this game – they, they just weren't there. Him. They didn't touch him. They didn't do anything. And he tore they, they couldn't tackle anybody either. They couldn't tackle anybody at all. <laughs> I mean, Matt Nagy wasn't happy about uh, happy about it after afterwards. I mean, he had some words to say, but uh, the good thing is that it wasn't taken personally by the defense. I mean, the whole team has to do better. Which there's still five games, Trenton. 
and I'm the guy who's always going to hold out hope until the end. So there's this, until we're, I still think there's a chance we win nine to ten games. Still, I still think there's that chance because our opponents are not that tough. But we just have to play better. We need to be healthy. The offense has to put that, for the most part, a turnover-free performance and put up that type of effort with the run game and the pass game. Because when Trubisky can move around and throw the ball around and then you have Montgomery able to run it down the field, it's good. That's what we need to see, but we need to see for 60 minutes. Yeah. Not just one play. And we need to score at the end. Touchdowns, mm-hmm. not field goals. Yeah, and, you know, you, you mentioned that touchdowns, not field goals. On that first drive, Pokemet drops and, you know, almost fumbles a touchdown at the goal line. Allen Robinson can't come down with a, a 50-50 jump ball. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it's rough. It's so rough to see. All right, so uh, I think we're running down close to the end here. So let's go and uh... – pick the games for the next week. Um, last week, I ended up with a record of about 9-7 and seven with bringing my overall record to 117-59-1. And, and you came out to 10-6. and six. Can you believe it? I have made up one game back. <laughs> Chip and Chipping at that block one win at a time. Yes. Your overall slowly. record is 103, 73, and one. Slowly but surely. Hey, we're Sadly, going all I... we're going all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so we're gonna be picking games all the way up till the very last football game possible. So still chance. Yeah, I'm uh I'm a Keem Hicks pursuing from the back end, not a DK Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get hurt. <laughs> All right, let's go through these these uh, these games here. Browns or the Titans? I'm going to go Titans here. Uh, I'm going with the Browns. A year ago, you would never have seen me picking the Browns this much, but uh, they're playing well, and they're going to have a winning record at least, or at least a tied record if they lose the next five games. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to put that chance out there. No, I'm saying there's a chance. Like, I'm yeah, saying the Bears could win the next five games. The Browns could lose the next five games. Could happen. Will it? Who knows? The Raiders at the Jets. Ooh, I wonder. Let's go with the Raiders here. Were you really wondering? Just the Raiders. No. <laughs> the Jets are not winning the game. Once the Jets win the last game of the year. Whoever they're playing, I don't know. But just watch them win that one. And it affects the draft status between the Jaguars. And it saves Adam Gase's job. Ten-year contract. (laughs) (laughs) That's you never know. Jaguars and the Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings. Yeah, so I'm going to the Vikings. Bengals and the Dolphins. Dolphins here. Same here. Colts and the Texans. This is an interesting one, but I'm going to go Texans on this one. I'm going with the Colts. I just think the overall team of the Colts is better built, structurally-wise. I mean, the Texans did, ha- did play a nice game on Thanksgiving, but 
I still think the Colts are a better team. All right. Lions and Bears? Yeah, I go Bears. Mitchell Trubisky has been lights out against the Lions in his entire career. <laughs> yeah, he has. And uh, I think this might be the game. Might be the game. We just need yeah. one win. I'd like to, I'd just like to have a win. I like to start that segment off on a high note. No matter who we're playing, I just need a win. If they oh, yeah, if the they Bears. win, then if they win, then you start off the next podcast saying you're absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. All right, locked it in. Saints and Falcons. I'm gonna go Saints. I was gonna go with the Saints, but uh, I mean Hill hasn't been spectacular. Yeah, that's he a fair has, point. <laughs> he's not gonna be. He's good in what he was doing before. The Swiss Army knife package. As a quarterback, I would have put in Jameis Winston instead. Mm-hmm. But uh, And the Falcons still have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, so I'm going to take the Falcons. The Giants and Seahawks. Going to go Seahawks. You're not picking the first place New York Giants? Uh, I would rather pick the first place Seattle Seahawks. Smart move. <laughs> Taking the Seahawks. The Rams and Cardinals. Wow. This is a difficult game to choose. I mean, same division. Both teams are kind of kind of questionable, but I'm going to go Cardinals here. I am going with the Cardinals as well for basically all the same reasons you said. I, just something about the Rams doesn't make me trust them that well, that much. So we'll have to see. Patriots at the Chargers. I'd love to call this another trap game, but the Patriots are not the same team that they used to be. I'm going to go Patriots here. Yeah, I'm too. I mean, I just read that stat line on Newton. How did how did someone win a game like that? Yeah, but they did. So difficult. <laughs> they still got the mastermind at the at the head of that team, though. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. So you can't go wrong. Eagles at the Packers. Oh, I'd hate to pick the Packers, but I got to pick the Packers. Same. This is one of those games where logically I'm thinking, yes, Packers. My heart says Eagles. But again, usually logic wins out in these situations. (laughs) I mean, if they win, the Eagles win. Not going to complain. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good... Especially since you picked the same team. Yeah. That's all (laughs) out. It'd be a good game for Carson Wentz to say, hey, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times they showed him like that on that Monday night broadcast was, um, I don't know. It was interesting. Broncos at the Chiefs. Will there yeah, be a quarterback? Um, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so, man. I mean, I I think they're going into it with all of their quarterbacks in mind. I don't think they're giving Kendall Hinton any practice snaps. I would uh, I would assume that you'd be right, but no matter what happens with the Broncos quarterbacks, I'm also going with the Chiefs. Yeah. All right, we got three more here. Washington at the Steelers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a risk here and say Washington gives Steelers their first loss. I mean, 
the way it's looking right now, it does look like the Steelers will have a very good chance. I mean, they have the only chance going undefeated. But uh, even the Steelers don't play well, they play good enough to win. So as much as I do like Alex Smith and just the journey he's had, and he's going to win comeback player of the year most likely, I mean, he better. He came back from the most. (laughs) He did. I'm going with the Steelers. I just think that that might – and I still think Washington is not out of it. Like, they're in that division, so they have the chance for the playoffs. That would be the ultimate comeback story. You you make the playoffs somehow, and then you win a game in the playoffs. That would be the ultimate comeback story for Alex Smith. The Bills, the 49ers, which is actually in Arizona. (laughs) That's a – it's going to be a weird game, but I'm going to go Bills here, even though the 49ers did just win. I am going with the Bills. No Garoppolo, no Kittle. Don't know when they're coming back. Coming back, so um, got to go with the team that's been established this year. Closing out Tuesday Night Football. Cowboys at the Ravens. Oh, man. I just don't trust the Ravens. Um, I'm going to have to go Cowboys. Thing is, I don't trust either team. (laughs) I don't trust the Cowboys because of their playing and their coaching. I don't trust the Ravens because of their COVID situation. But I got to pick a team. That is true. I mean, I suppose... You could also pick a tie. <laughs> that would be a first. That would be a first. What if I got that right? Um, then, then I would forfeit the rest of my season of picks and say, Bilal, you have won. <laughs> Lucky for you, I am picking the Ravens. I'm not picking the tie. All right. Because that would be just embarrassing. <laughs> All right, then. So we'll see where this ends up and how we fare the rest of the year. We've still got a few games, five weeks to go in the playoffs. So plenty of games to still pick. I think that does it for our show. Anything else you want to add before we close it off? Um, I'm still stuck wondering if Cowboys-Ravens is going to be a tie. Other than that, no. <laughs> you keep thinking about that. We'll, we'll get to that. All right, so thank you for listening to Buy the License Podcast. We hope you have a great rest of the week. And don't forget to follow us at BillMallon15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe and wear a mask. Hmm, Cowboys Ravens. <laughs>